Hi everyone and welcome back to this very special edition of the Do Life Better podcast. My name is Dave Jorner and I'm so glad that you've joined me today. By the way, if this topic does interest you, there are many, there's in fact a hundred other episodes in our back catalogue in the first season. Um, a lot of interviews with guests, a lot of solo rounds for me as well, so feel free to go back and check out them also. Now that you probably have a lot more free time on your hands. Now, with this season, this is all about helping you well, and me because the more I talk about this stuff, the more purposeful and intentional I'm being as well. But helping us all live each day in these crazy times uh, in a way that you know, we're able to be hopeful and optimistic and in a way that we can do our lives just that little bit better each and every day and help those around us do the same. And one thing that's inspired me today is a whole bunch of people reaching out on social media. People saying, look, we can't connect physically, but how about we do virtually? How about we do virtual dance classes, virtual gym classes, virtual whatever? Um, Just these people who are looking to be really creative and still bring people together because we know that when we connect with others, we have this greater sense of well-being and hope. And what this is reminding me of is we still have the ability to, to be mindful of who are we being? Who do I need to be for the people I'm seeing today? Who do I need to be given the climate, given the situation, given all the changes and everything that's going on? Um, when we don't give ourselves time to stop and think about who we're being, we end up being just a reaction a reaction to the world around us and a re- reaction to the world within us. And the outcome generally isn't great. So, by the way, this first um, came to light for me way back in about 2004. I lived in London for a year, and six months of that time, I worked as a teacher's assistant in a school. And this school was full of students who'd been expelled from nearly every other school, and it was their last chance. By the way, their really difficult behavior and stuff wasn't their fault. It was, I suppose, an outcome of their life situation, their really difficult upbringing and so on. But... Working in that school was a massive eye-opener for me. So before I went over there, I worked like a youth minister as a campus minister in a school in Brisbane for a while. And I had no experience working in a school like this one in London at all. And when I went for the interview, the the um, the person at the job agency said, Dave, you're an Aussie, so you'll be great in this difficult school. And I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? Because I'm an Aussie. But anyway, I took the job. The pay wasn't great, but I needed some money, so I did it. I remember my first day at this school. Uh, the deputy principal walked me down the corridor. Now, this school was really small, only had about 150 students, and it was all one building, like one one level, one building, all the classrooms connected with the corridors and stuff. And the um, deputy principal was walking me down the corridor my very first day there to be introduced to all the different classes. And I worked, she walked me in the first classroom, and as soon as we entered the room, students started to throw blocks at me, not... <laughs> Luckily, they weren't concrete or whatever. They're just little plastic blocks. Started throwing these blocks at me and calling me a kangaroo and a koala because I'm an Aussie. Walked into the next classroom and again, the students just started yelling abuse at me. And I'm thinking, wow, this is what they're doing in front of the deputy principal. Like, imagine what they're going to be like when it's just me. And this kept on going for every other class. I'm thinking, what have I got myself into? The very first morning tea. 
I'm walking down this corridor. One of these year eight boys came up to me, super angry. No idea what he's angry about. He's coming to me going, Dave, I'm going to beat you up. And he's yelling out all these expletives. And I'm thinking, what am I like? What a way to welcome me to your school. And he started swinging at me. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I had no experience in, in how to deal with situations like this. So the first thing that came to mind was I put my hand on his head. I kind of bent out a little, um, kind of backed away a bit from him with my hand on his head. And I was in the, um, I kind of moved out of the danger zone. His arms were swinging. They couldn't quite reach me. Um, and all I could do is say, hey, mate, stop. Just stop. Calm down, buddy. Calm down. And eventually his arms got tired and he stopped. And I'm thinking, what are you supposed to do? Like, I was not equipped for this at all. Then at lunchtime, um, one of the students got up on the roof and started throwing rocks at a house next to us. The lady came out to have a go at him and then so he started throwing rocks at her. Then I told him off and he started throwing rocks at me and I'm thinking, man, what's going on? Like, how do you, how do you cope? How do you deal here? In this, in this school. And as I was driving, as I was going home, I wasn't driving, I was in the tube, in the, the train, um, took an hour and a half each way to get to the school. I remember sitting on the train on the way home after this first day. It didn't go well at all. And I was listening to my Discman. I had U2 playing and I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And I remember thinking that I'm not cut out for this. I don't have the experience. I haven't been trained in this. I haven't even been taught what to do in these situations. Um, now that I'm here, like no one's actually showing me what to do. And and it was the most challenging experience I've had. There was nothing enjoyable about that day at all. The staff were good, mind you. Like they were they were trying to help out and they were friendly, but it's like I've got no idea what to do. And I felt like a failure. And I'm like, I'm not gonna come back. And then with the last half hour of the train ride, I, I started to realize that, hang on. There were some teachers and teacher assistants who were really effective. Uh, their classrooms were under control. In fact, the students seemed to be having fun and the staff were having fun in that classroom. But then you take the exact same kids and put them in a different class with a different teacher, then it wasn't great. So I realized that, okay, success leaves clues. So I want to try, I'm going to give it a week. I'm going to come back tomorrow. And I'm going to observe the teachers and the teacher's assistants and figure out what's the difference. What are they doing that doesn't work and what are they doing that does work? And it didn't take long that next day. Um, I was in an art class and there was this argument between a teacher and a year 10 student. And they were like almost face to face yelling at each other. And I was like, this isn't good. And eventually the year 10 student backed away. I thought it was going to get physical, but the year 10 student backed away, grabbed some paint and started to paint the art room. Actually made it look pretty nice, really. But anyway, while they were painting the art room, we had to evacuate the classroom and get that teacher out. And obviously... Fighting their anger with anger was really not effective. And I noticed the same thing in a couple of other classes as well. If a student was angry and the teacher got angry back, all they were doing was adding to the fire. And in fact, the rest of the class would join in as well. But then in a different class, again, the same students, the teacher was telling jokes. The teacher was just having a conversation with the students. So, so were the teacher's assistants. They were kind of on the same level as the students. And, and they used humor to diffuse um, potentially difficult situations. So I thought, okay, tomorrow when I come back to the school, I'm going to use humor. I even remember thinking as I was walking into the school, I even remember thinking, okay, if a student tries to beat me up today, like as if you should think that anyway out of school, as if a student tries to beat me up. But that does thing, if a student tries to beat me up today, I'm going to use humor 
and then see what happens. And it didn't take long. It was like morning tea. That same boy came out again, Dave, I'm going to beat you up. And he started to swing and suddenly get ready. And I'm like, hang on, matey. And I kind of put my hand out. And I'm like, hey, stop, buddy. You're, you're angry. You're fired up. You're ready to go. And I'm not. I've just walked out of this classroom. And you know, give me a moment to warm up. Let this be fair. Give me a moment. So I started doing these stretches. So I was stretching my legs and my arms and my fingers and just doing all sorts of silly stuff. And I'm going, mate, just wait. Just let me stretch. I'll be ready for you in a moment. And before long, a whole bunch of other students started to gather around and they saw what was happening. They realized how ridiculous the situation was. They started to have a bit of a laugh. And before long, that boy who was super angry like 30 seconds ago, he started to calm down and he's even started to have a bit of a laugh. And it was at that moment I was able to take him outside, sit down, have a chat and have a calm talk about what just happened. And I realized that well, using the humor to diffuse made a big difference. Yeah, when he came out and wanted to fight, I felt angry. I felt scared. I felt fearful. All of that stuff, nervous, all of that. And I wanted to react with anger and force, but I had to take a deep breath and I had to remember, hang on, who do I want to be right now? I want to be someone who uses humor. I want to be someone who diffuses the situation in more of a calm, helpful manner. And then again, I was presented with another opportunity in art class again, um, after the break, and one of the boys sitting next to me, he got some crayons out and a big piece of paper, and he drew something on it, and he put it right between myself and him, and he looked at me, and he looked at the piece of paper, and, and the piece of paper, I won't spell it all out for you, but uh, it was a four-letter word followed by off, and the word started with an F, and then off after, and it had, um, it had like a, a big colorful border around it, and I knew that he'd done that for me as a way to get me angry. Um, as a way to have a go at me. And I'm like, if I get angry at him, like the rest of the class right now, I can't. If I get angry at him, if I tell him off, he's going to get even more angry back at me. And then that's only going to spur the rest of the class. It's only going to ignite their anger and it'll be all over. So yeah, I felt angry, but I looked at this piece of paper and I said, buddy, if you're going to do it, do it properly. I said, that F needs to be bolder and needs more color. Uh, the U next to it needs to be a little bit rounder. Fix up the K, mate. Make a bit more bright colors in the K. And the big border you have around it, I think you could do a little bit more with that, please. And make the O nice and round as well, buddy. So if you can just work on that for me for a bit, that'd be great. And he kind of looked at me with this surprised, confused look on his face. Look at the piece of paper. Look back at me again. Look at the paper. And he took the paper off me and took some crayons out. And he actually started to fix up. Couldn't believe it. He started to fix up that piece of paper, um, there's a little bit of artwork there. And then after a while, he got fed up, fed up with it, scrunched it up, threw it in the bin, it was all over, I could have a calm chat with him about it. Previous me would not have done that. I would have told him off. Um, but instead, when I was not in a reactive state, but when I was mindful of who do I need to be right now, even more so than that, who did that boy need me to be? You know, that behavior was actually communicated for other stuff going on in his world right now. Who did he need me to be? Well, he needed me to be the adult. He needed me to be calm. He needed me to be able to take a bit of perspective and to be able to handle the situation with a sense of calm so that we could work through it together. That moment, that completely changed the next six months at that school for me. Every morning as I went in, I had a lot of time to think about, I had an hour and a half on the train every morning, a lot of time to think about who do I need to be for the students? You know, who do they need me to be? Um, and again, I lent into humor and a sense of fun. 
uh, a sense of positivity. I, I, they needed me to be someone to connect with them on the level where they were at, um, and not too much authority, but just where they're at. And when I was able to do that, I was able to make more of a difference and be more effective in that school. You know, I even use it at home. Um, sometimes a shower time is a really difficult time at home sometimes because uh, you know, obviously they want to keep playing the trampoline. They want to keep playing Beyblades or Lego or watching TV or whatever it is. And they know as soon as the shower time is on, they know fun stuff ends here. Like Bedtime is coming up soon. And I remember sometimes I'm like, okay, come on, let's go for the shower. And they're like, no, 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 no. And again, I just kind of get angry. And then I remember this one day for my five-year-old, as actually before this, as I'm driving home, I'm thinking, okay, who do I need to be? You know, when, when I ask them to go for a shower, they're not going to want to do it. They're probably going to get angry and annoyed. Who do I need to be in that moment? And again, I thought, okay, I'm going to be fun. I'm going to use a bit of humor, a bit of playfulness. Let's see what happens. So my five-year-old, I'm like, okay, buddy, off, off the trampoline is going for a shower. He's like, no, dad, I don't want to. So I'm like, remembering, who do I need to be? I need to be someone who's fun and playful. So I said, okay, what's going to happen is I want to close my eyes. And in 10 seconds, I'm going to see if you can do a magic trick. I'm going to see if you can magically disappear from this trampoline and end up in the shower before I open my eyes when I get to 10. And uh, um, he was still complaining a bit. I'm like, no, mate, let's just see if it happens. I don't reckon you can do this because, of course, when you tell a kid they can't do something, they want to prove you wrong. So I'm like, buddy, I don't reckon this magic will work. It's impossible. You could not possibly get from here into the shower before I get to 10. So I closed my eyes and I started to count from 1 to 10. And I could hear him start to giggle. And he jumped off the trampoline and started running inside. And when I got to nine, he's like, Daddy, come and see the magic. And he was in the shower already before I got to nine. And I still use that to this day. Him brushing his teeth is now six, but him brushing his teeth at night doesn't want to do it. So again, I'll like hold him upside down or squeeze him or whatever and say, Okay, you've got to get from here into the bathroom, toothbrush in hand before I count to three. That's impossible, too far to go. Give him a big squeeze and then off he goes. When we think about who we need to be, we can turn potentially really negative, difficult situations into something that's actually really quite manageable, into something that um, has a much more positive outcome. We're able to be the type of person that lines up with your values. You can be the type of person that lines up with your beliefs and your deeper sense of purpose in this world. It helps you become the person that you want to be remembered for. You know, people will forget what you say. They will forget what you do, but they'll never, ever, ever forget how you make them feel. And you make them feel through who you are being, your intentionality about who you're going to be right now. So. During these days, who do you need to be? Firstly, for yourself. I mean, that is critical. Who do you need to be for yourself? Are you going to be someone who prioritizes self-care more than ever right now? Are you going to be someone who really leans into that? Are you going to be someone who um, focuses on gratitude, on, on the positives, someone who focuses on making a difference and adding value to as many people in your life as possible. Are you going to be someone who tries to distance yourself from that unnecessary negativity of social media and other people around you? And again, instead, lean into a sense of reason and perspective and positivity. So a good way to think about who you need to be, again, is what do you value? 
What do you believe in? And what's your sense of purpose? And how do you want to be remembered by those around you? So who do you need to be for yourself? And who do you need to be for other people in your life? You know, like your partner, are they having to still work because they're part of essential services right now? And when they get home, who do you need to be for them? Or instead, actually, who do they need you to be for them? Your friends, your family, who might be isolated right now, who do they need you to be? What do they need from you? Again, this comes back to your values, your sense of purpose, and the difference that you want to make in the world around you. For this to really work, to be able to line up effectively with your values and your purpose and to be the person that you need to be for yourself and for those around you, you need to create space in your day to give yourself time to process it, time to think about it, time to prepare. So in the days of me driving home from a job, um, I don't have anything on here for, for a few months, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but you know, when I was doing that driving home, I'd turn everything off in the car for the last five minutes and just think, who do I need to be for my family for when I get home? Before I go to a job, who do I need to be the last five or ten minutes again in the car? Who do I need to be for the students, for the teachers, the people that I'm turning up for right now? Before I give a, phone, uh, a friend a call, who do I need to be? with this person right now. Even when I see the phone ringing and I see the name come up, I take a deep breath. Who do I need to be for them right now? So as we move forward through these times, let's be people of purpose. Let's be people who live in an intentional way that's lined up with who you really want to be because of what you value, because of what you believe in, and because of your purpose. And when you do that, you will see a difference in the people around you. And you'll actually start attracting a lot more like-minded people into your life as well. And so if this message today was helpful for you, please do share it with um, those closest to you, uh, those who might benefit from it. Um, again, at Dave Jorner on Instagram um, or Do Love Better Podcast on Instagram as well. Please feel free to share this out there. You're very welcome to connect with me on the socials or wherever you can. And uh, all the very best as you go forward today to do your life just that little bit better. Thanks for spending this time with me today. Can't wait till next time.